T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think Khalil can definitely handle that. Uh, I really feel like he's he's in a good place. Um, you know, even he just, just out here about it, Half an hour ago, he, he did a, a, a good little deal with, you know, checking on, over-communicating with, uh, with the line and, and Justin on a protection check that you don't see a lot of rookies do. Sometimes they just stay in their spot and, and let the air happen. But he stepped up and wanted to find out what the call was. So little things like that. He's really mature for his age, and uh, he's, he's going to be able to, to handle things. And, um, you know, it's just for, for him it's impressive, and I like that. Bears head coach Matt Nagy talking about his sixth-round rookie running back, Khalil Herbert, who has been straight-up impressive this year for the Bears. But the Bears are not going to win if they give the ball to Khalil Herbert and they stick with the game plan that they have had over the last three games, some of which have been successful and one of them not last week because for obvious reasons. The Bears are going to beat Tampa Bay. They have to take some chances. They have to score points, or you're going to lose by the 14-plus points that everybody thinks that you are right. going to lose, or by, lose, right? Yeah, Tamp- Tampa is scoring 32 points a game, uh, even missing Antonio Brown and Gronk. They're still going to look at 30 plus uh, unless you, the Chicago bears do something about that. Now I know historically you might say, all right, let's run the ball. Let's take, uh, take some time off the clock. Let's control the tempo of the game, et cetera, et cetera. Problem is, is that uh, as we were discussing earlier uh, and we'd love uh, our listeners to jump in on this too. I I don't know that that scores you enough points to win the game. Even doing that uh, as you're talking about Khalil Herbert look great. It's nice to have him back there as an option. I don't think running the ball and scoring yourself 17 points gets you a victory in this game. Correct. And, yeah, let, let us open the phone lines, 312-644-6767. What is your Bears hack on how the Bears can possibly win this game? Early in the show, we talked about and heard from Gene Deckerhoff that if you know the secondary is bad, <laughs> they, they have their bad pass defense team. Even the guys up front are not like as explosive yet as they probably eventually will be. So there are some some ways to get to the defense, and I think that if you were going to take chances with Justin Fields, believe it or not, this is a good game to do it. And and by the way, I should say I'm Mark Rohde. He is Mike Esposito, and a two one seven texture says, "Okay, so let me get this straight. Grody is in for Rosie. Espo is in for Grody. Who's in for Espo? Who's in for Matt Spiegel? There are some others I'm missing, and you're yep. all in for Brian Peruk. Correct." I think that is the the litany. And I know once upon a time, both you and I and I think Peruk did updates for this show. 
uh, going back many, many moons when we had updates on, on the weekends. But I think we all did that. And then uh, we all became in for each other. I know Jordan Burnfield was in there for Jordan a while. Burnfield. He was in for somebody. Yes. Uh, Wayne Randazzo, your national play-by-play man, may have uh, been in here for a while. I, I can't remember. It's getting a little fuzzy, you know, being the WB club. It gets a little fuzzy sometimes. But, yes, uh, and technically you're right. Grody is actually in for me, and I was previous to that in for you. That's right. Now I have a headache. Now I have a headache. Let's let's <laughs> let's revisit this a little bit later. How about this? How yes. about we let Justin Fields save the day? And one of the things, Aspo, that the Bears have done since the famous, infamous nine sack game in Cleveland of Justin Fields is that they have simplified things for Justin Fields. Matt Nagy said that they may have thrown too much at you in the Cleveland game, so they kind of simplified things since then. Do you appreciate that? Do you like that? I mean, I think every football player plays better when it, it's simple, when I have to think less, when every football player has to think less. They're, they're going to play faster and they're going to play you know, more instinctively rather than having to think. Some of the things that came off your plate in that simplification? Uh, just less thinking. Like, just, you know, just where some plays I don't have to think, I just, you know, hand the ball off, so... And stuff like that. I was saying that your situational football has improved the last couple of weeks. You're thinking like the coaches are thinking. What's the challenge of getting better at situational football? Because you can't just know what the situation is going to be. It's not like knowing the playbook or the reads or things like that. What's the challenge, and how do you think you've grown situationally in game? The challenge is you don't really experience that situation unless you've been in it or you learn from somebody else's experience in the same situation. So every week, you know, we go through. Uh, situational plays, you know, in different games. And, you know, we put ourselves in their position. What would we do in that position? So, You know, Mike, you, you never like to hear simplifying or dumbing down an offense mm-hmm. because, unfortunately, we have heard that in previous regimes or previous quarterbacks with the Bears. And typically, that's not a good thing. But considering right. how abrupt this has been because the plan was not to have Justin Fields be the starter at this point well maybe at this point but it certainly wasn't necessarily what they wanted to do especially going back to the Cleveland game Detroit the Raiders and then last week against Green Bay so believe it or not some of this just throwing him in there it's abrupt for Justin Fields too and it sounds to me like He's totally down with that. Like they, they might yep. have thrown too much at him early on. Well, and and so this is the dilemma of the rookie quarterback, right? Because after I've uh, uh, dove down the rabbit hole of looking at offensive team stats, you look at this and it's almost universal. Your rookie starting quarterbacks, regardless of where they came from or where they were drafted, lead teams that are toward the bottom in terms of yards and points per game. The Bears, dead last in yards per game, rookie quarterback. The Jets, second to last. Guess what? Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. The Dolphins are down there. Tua, I don't know what you want to consider Tua, but he certainly didn't play a full season last year, and he's been battling injury. The Dolphins are down there. The Texans, Mark, if I had to, and I know you know the answer to this, but most of our listeners may not know, the great Davis Mills is the starter down in Houston, uh, rookie quarterback. They are down at the bottom. Uh, The Detroit Lions with Jared Goff, new quarterback, say what you will. Mac Jones and the Patriots are down at the bottom of the offensive standings. And and this is just literally reading uh, the yards per game stats. So the difficulty with rookie quarterbacks is, is that you have to acclimate. 
You're coming from college. And Justin Fields, I mean, Lord knows, we see enough Ohio State football in Chicago, right? Ohio State was great. Justin Fields was great at Ohio State. It's a whole different ballgame when you come into the NFL. It's a lot to learn. It's a ton of information to absorb. And by all accounts, and Mark, you're there every day. Justin Fields is a great student. He's active. He's there early. He leaves late. He wants to learn all the other great things you say about football players. But it's six games into his rookie season. So they're trying to make it easier for him. But I'm with you. The way you make it easier for him, and you heard him just say that, well, just handing the ball off. Well, of course, that's going to be easy because all you got to do is hand the ball off. <laughs> but that's not really helping you score a lot of points, yeah. is it? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they got to score points. So they have to that's a step out of character a little bit tomorrow if, yep. if they want to win. Or do they just want to survive? Now, here's another question. Do we take seriously that the Bears beat Tampa Bay last year? Because the Bears did beat Tampa Bay last year. They beat Tampa Bay by one little point, 20-19 at Soldier Field. It was game five of the season. After the win, just for perspective, the Bears were 4-1. and one. Tampa Bay was 3-2. and two. It took a Cairo Santos 38-yard field goal with a buck 17 left in the game to, to get it done. And, of course, famously... Tom Brady, Espo, yeah, lost right. count. Lost count of the downs. That's right. And that's, listen, and I know Tom Brady, uh, you know, people hate Tom Brady because of how uh, how much success he's had. I know that makes uh, rub some people the wrong way, some of the Brady-isms that we see. But I think we're pretty confident in saying something like that is highly unlikely to happen again. And I will also say that if you watch the Buccaneers toward the end of last season and certainly into the playoffs, I think the uh, the growing pains, even for a guy like Brady coming into a new offense, once you got past those, I mean, this is an offense that can do pretty much anything. So um, it, it's going to be a tough task. Even Listen, the Bears have played some good defense to start the season, and it has certainly been uh, a reason for some of their victories, but... This is a different animal. When you talk about somebody like Brady, you're not going to get a pass rush, not because you're not good at pass rushing, but because Brady throws the ball in under three seconds. He doesn't hold the ball. He's not back there for seven seconds looking around. He gets it, plants, fires it. That is the the Tom Brady methodology. No right? doubt. So, no doubt. One, one of the themes that I, I, I hated this week, too, was that somehow – Tom Brady owes the Bears because he forgot what down it was. And so he's going to be mad, and he's want, going to want to crush the Bears because he was embarrassed in that, what was it? I don't even remember. It was Thursday night, Monday night. It was a night game. Yeah. And and somehow that's the Bears' fault that he had a brain fart, and and he's coming to get you. He's got, he's got enough motivation and greatness. He doesn't need to blame that part on the Bears. That was his own brain fart. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, the Bears, let's put it this way. I don't think Tom Brady is going to lose this game for you. I think you are going to have to come up and take it. And, uh, you know, how do you do that? And if you're Bears coaching uh, brain trust out there at Hallis Hall, how do you attack this Tampa Bay defense, which, uh, as we heard from their play-by-play man, right? I mean, down in the secondary seems like the easiest way. We are not advocating uh, let's have Justin Fields throw the ball 50 times uh, a game because we want to. I mean, Lord knows we heard the opposite of this in previous years, right? With Mitch Trubisky, you don't want him back there, you know, heaving it 60 times a game because you're getting killed. But you've got to attack their weakness. And if their weakness is in the secondary, then that's what you do, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's logic, right? So. Amen. Amen. And a really good text here from the 779. And he, this texter here, she says, "What? why does Fields play so slow? Every week he gets chased down. 
not just sacked, but caught from behind in a full sprint by 300-pound defensive lineman. His straight-line speed doesn't translate into football speed, and that text comes from Todd. Todd's not wrong. Like We haven't, uh, we haven't seen him... Mike, use that athleticism, mm-hmm. and it's there. And, you know, we were hit over the head in the preseason with he's got 4-4 four, four speed, like all this great stuff about him. Right. Oh, and then he's got the 4-4 four, four speed. And it's all there, and I do believe that it will all eventually be used, but the texture is right. Like, his athleticism so far has looked a little clunky in terms of him, you know, leaving the pocket, designed run plays. Like the, what was it? Was it the Raiders game? We're in the middle of the field, the third and five, and he didn't make it to the first down. Like there have been several times where I have to admit, I have been surprised that Justin Fields has not escaped in better fashion or gotten to the first down marker or looked better as a, as he said, as a straight line sprinter or runner. Well, and I wonder how much of that goes into the whole, I'm a rookie quarterback and I'm feeling my way around this and I'm not, you know, he's not reacting automatically. He's not just playing instinctively he is still uh learning he is still trying to make progress and uh if that is slowing down his his instincts or his reaction time but right I mean I always keep telling myself hey this is one of your fastest players period forget about position right I mean this guy should be outrunning people certainly linemen and you would think linebackers too I mean maybe a, a Roquan Smith would be able to keep up with him but uh, not many linebackers have that speed, right? You you should be able to to exploit that and take advantage of that. Uh, and, and let's see if if it doesn't look uh, better uh, as we go along here this season, because I know Bears fans are waiting for it, right? Yep. A couple more texts. The Bears will need a defensive touchdown to win. Yep. Two one nine again, guys. In order for Justin Fields to play the game that you're talking about, he has to have time and protection. Uh, for guys to get open. That is true. I feel like the Bears have gotten better at that. A couple other details from the the game last year that I guess are significant, and I know Tampa Bay didn't have their bleep together in in that game. Like They kind of took off after it. And I remember Tom Brady saying how important that game was to to get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers motivated and then do what they did. Uh, David Montgomery had a three-yard touchdown. Obviously, Montgomery not playing for the Bears, and that was a a Nick Foles game. He had a uh, 12-yard touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham neither of those guys will be playing um and then Tom Brady's numbers this is the most significant part they held him in check last year and this is Tom Dan Brady uh, 25 of 41 for 253 yards the only touch they had one touchdown in that game two yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans and then Espo it was just a bunch of three pointers the rest of the way so for whatever it's worth the Bears did a good job under then Chuck Pagano against Tom Brady last year Yep, I did not see, uh, I'm looking at the box score right now, I do not see a Chris Godwin there. I don't remember offhand if he was injured, but I think that's likely considering he had zero catches in this game. Uh, Mike Ronald Evans was Jones. there. Yeah, yeah Ronald, yeah. yeah, Ronald, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just say this is pre them getting Leonard Fournette as well. Um, and right, Tom Brady, very uncharacteristically for Tom Brady, 25 of 41, not a great percentage, only a touchdown pass of two yards. But uh, a a very weird COVID-era, no-crowd game uh, at Soldier (laughs) Field, which the Bears won, right? And and 
at the time, this pushed the Bears to four and one, and Tampa was three and two after the loss. So how about them apples, right? And then Tampa <laughs> yeah. would go on to win the Super Bowl. Ronald Jones actually, by the way, and they, their their running game has been bad this year for Tampa Bay. But Ronald Jones actually had 106 yards rushing. Now that yep. I, that I look at it, so they did do that well against them. Yeah, they had Mike Evans. Chris Godwin was not in. Gronk was in. So yeah, I understand that they didn't completely have things together. But the Bears did a good job against Tom Brady. And I'll tell you this last thing before we go to the break, Mike. The the only thing I miss about being one of the only people in Soldier Field for games last year because of <laughs> COVID right. was that I had 503 bathrooms to myself at Soldier Field. I had all the suites. I had I had like full access to everything last year. I I thought you were going to say it was the quick in and out parking that you were able to utilize on the uh, Waldron deck there without oh, any yeah. of the fans there. That too, that, like that go, had to be nice. Going two games, never got caught in that uh, tailgate traffic. Didn't get caught uh-huh, leaving. For sure. So, well, here's another dirty little secret, Mike. One of the, my simple pleasures in life, one of my favorite things to do is, and I'm not kidding, when if it's a noon game or even a three o'clock game, I love. I walk home from Soldier Field. It's about a, it's about an hour walk or so. But it's if it's if the weather's nice and you walk along sure. the lake and the flood of bears fans and it's just a it's it's awesome i love it so i don't even drive i have i have done that walk and as we were talking before the show you have several of the benefits of living downtown and that would be one of them my yeah friend. yeah it's still it's still a hustle man it's still a walk but it's sure i love it i love the noon games and i love that walk and just do a little bit of the post game stuff i have to do and then i put the earbuds in listen to music listen to some of the post game show here on the score it's just lovely. We need to take a break here, Espo. We're going to bring in Mark Potash next. He from the Chicago Sun-Times to talk more about the Bears. Along with that guy, Mike Esposito, I'm Mark Grody at Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And you got to be able to, you know, have guys on matching guys and, and, you know, taking away some of his reads. And, you know, when you get an opportunity to get back there, you have to be able to get back there fast enough to, you know, hopefully get him down because obviously he does get the ball. He's known for getting the ball out of his hand quick and doesn't, you know, too much take too too many sacks. And, you know, they have a good old line that's, you know, blocking really well for him. So if you give him a chance to stand back there and hold the ball, you know, that's where he lives at and, and likes to be comfortable like that. And, I mean, that's kind of any quarterback, I would say, that if you're able to hold up in the pass protect, they love that. Bears inside linebacker Alec Ogletree, who has not had a lot of sacks in his career, but one of his career sacks was against that guy, Tom Brady. The Bears and Buccaneers from Tampa Bay tomorrow, 325 kickoff. The Bears are not favored to win that game. Along with Mike Esposito, I am Mark Rohde, and let's keep the Bears talk hot with Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. He joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's going on, Potsy? Thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Mark, how you guys doing? We are well, sir, and I know that Great. you are getting your bags packed, getting ready to go to, to sunny Tampa Bay, and Mike and I have been trying to figure out if the Bears were to win why would they win? What is the Bears' hack that they can beat Tampa Bay, or would you just call it straight up impossible, Potsy? No, it's not impossible. Uh, I just if their defense comes up with you know, uh, despite a lot of injuries, comes up with a big game, um, you know they've proven they can literally confuse Tom Brady. Uh, that's unlikely to happen again as it did last year. But the, the Bears' defense uh, can play at a really high level, unlike their offense and. 
I think that gives you a chance in, in any game, especially the NFL. You see some of the crazy results this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's impossible, but it's just this. I have to say that I, I can't remember a game, certainly not this year, where there's this, this dread of a potential blowout uh, happening, so much so that it might be the other way. You, right. talk, you start talking so much about it being a blowout, then it becomes – then, then maybe it's a closer game. But then you start saying it's a, it's a closer game, and it'll end up being a blowout. So I mean, it's a you know that's the life of a of a Bears fan and anyone covering the Bears. It just goes back and forth. Well, and Patsy, I think one of the uh, thoughts with Justin Fields, and we we played a cut from him, uh, you know, him talking about them simplifying things for him as he came in. So there, there's the danger of becoming too simplified and too conservative on offense versus you know attacking down the field as we saw them do against Detroit. Uh, how do you expect Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy to, to attack Tampa on that defense? Because we know secondary is really where they're weak, right? Yes, uh, it's it, that'll really be interesting. I wish I had an answer for that because I think the Bears want to establish the run and see what they can do, but nobody has done that, especially in the first half. I mean, the the uh, the average on average teams run seven times in the first half against the Buccaneers' run defense because they just can't do it. And it's a bad matchup for the Bears because the only way to do it is through the air. And the Bears just haven't shown that ability to do it. Even when they establish the run, they can't parlay that into a good pass game. How are they going to do it without getting the run? So I think so. I don't know how they're going to attack it. I don't. I don't know what kind of success they're going to have either way because even the most basic thing, establishing the run, using play action to attack that 27th ranked defense, uh, is problematic for them. So. There really are no answers at this point. I, I you know, I, I don't know how they're going to. I'll be honest. I don't know how they're going to approach it. But I just think they're going to. They're going to at least give it a shot to try and use this heavy load that they do, and 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 try and establish the run and, and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you can look at it and say, yeah, their their secondary is is not great, but the guys up front are pretty great. And as you said, Potsy, we just haven't seen it from Justin Fields yet with the arm. I mean, at times we have. And then there's the issue too of of Fields's legs and his. His ability to run and I don't know about you Mark but it doesn't look like it is close to a finished product yet what do you thought about Fields his the usage of his athleticism yeah I think that's been the biggest uh, relative to him being a rookie that's been the biggest disappointment uh, is not so much the low passing totals but he's just not he's just not been in a groove in the running game where he has, you know, he has gained yardage, but not the kind of yardage where the defense is on its heels and, and it has the defense guessing. He doesn't, he, it's not, his, his running is not a weapon yet. Right. It's just a resource. And, that, and, and it really has to be a weapon for the Bears offense, for him to be as good as he can be and for the Bears offense to be as good as it can be. And right now, you know, I mean, you saw a little bit of it last week, but really overall, you haven't seen him. In, and, and I mean a groove, you know, that, that comfort level where he knows where he kind of has the edge, and he has the defense on its heels, and we just haven't seen that dynamic yet. Right, yeah. I mean, you talk about you know effective running quarterbacks, and you immediately go to whether it's Lamar Jackson now or Michael Vick back in the day or Randall Cunningham way back in the day. We haven't seen that from Fields, and I think that's the difficulty from this Bears team playing a rookie quarterback is that this is a, a, a team with a mature defense that's ready to, to compete and win now, and your offense is still trying to, to feel its way out. I mean, it's it's a difficult situation, I'm sure, uh, if you're in that offensive uh, huddle and those offensive meetings for the Bears. Yeah, and of course, you know, the issue, not an old one, is that by the at the rate they're going, by the time they figure it out, that defense will be too old. So, um, yep. you know, that, that's another problem, you know, for later, I guess. But 
that, you know, they, they just, that, you know, timing is everything. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you're, uh, it's, it's like when you're, when you're a defensive coach, like a guy like Brandon Staley, always make sure you're good on the other side of the ball so that you can get your side of the, cause you know, you can get your side of the ball set. You know, that's kind of been Vic Fangio's problem in, in Denver. It's been good for, uh, for Staley, uh, uh, in, in Los Angeles or in the, with the chargers and with, uh, and it had the makings of working out for Nagy. He had the right thing. He was stronger on the other side of the ball, but he hasn't held up his end of the bargain. And it's been right. slow, so slow, uh, the, the progress that I think a lot of people are just, I, I just sense more and more frustration and resignation that this thing uh, just will not get done. Mr. Instagram himself, Jalen Johnson, will have sure. the the choice between a couple of wide receivers tomorrow in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. If uh, the folks haven't heard yet, Antonio Brown is out. D- is there a shadow for this game, or do you think they go more traditional with Kendall Vildor and Jalen Johnson tomorrow? You know, I'm not sure. I I, uh, I, I don't know. I, they're both really good receivers the problem is tom brady makes any receiver dangerous so you know mike evans is their number one receiver he's their best receiver when antonio brown is not is not there but and so you would think yeah that would be the guy to shadow but i don't think it helps as much this game because i think if he shadows mike mike evans and it's then it's going to be a godwin show you know i mean so so you it's it's all i think it's going to be more mixed this time and more on based on what the situation is defensively and and what they need and i think they want to take advantage of what they see as jalen johnson's kind of versatility that they they saw last week and maybe maybe take advantage of this might not be the week to, to to shadow well, and I, and I think it's funny, too, because we are, uh, as Bears fans, I think, celebrating and glad, of course, that you, you're not going to have Antonio Brown or Gronk out there. But as you just mentioned, Mark, I mean, Tom Brady, you know, O.J. Howard is a good tight end. Cameron Braid is still there. You have uh, Ronald Jones and Giovanni Bernard coming out of the backfield to catch balls, along with Fournette, along with Godwin and Evans. I mean, this is a, you know, a Super Bowl contender, right? It's one of the best teams in the league just because they're missing their third and fourth receiving options. Uh, does not make it uh, much easier of a day there on the Bears' defense. And Brady, may, Brady's the guy who makes it work. See, he makes everybody that much more dangerous, and that that really is not a great matchup for uh, for the Bears uh, for the Bears' defense. As good as the Bears' defense has been and is, it's just not a good matchup against him when he's when he's in much more of a year's more of a groove a year long later uh, than he was last year when he was in like what his fifth game. So. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, even the coaches have said you know it's funny not that they are dreading this but I think they were being very honest and, and saying talking to guys like Bill Lazor and said you know hey it's going to be even trying to say it's going to be a challenge they know it's going to be a challenge there's not that that kind of hint of bravado like hey you know we get paid too kind of thing uh, going on that didn't get that kind of vibe they they know what they're up against and so it's one of those situations where yeah the Bears can pull off the upset but. If uh, if you're a betting man, the greater uh, likelihood is, is a much greater likelihood that this could uh, turn into a decisive victory for the Buccaneers. Talking to Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times, talking about the Bears and Buccaneers tomorrow, 325 in Tampa Bay, along with Mike Esposito. I'm Mark Rohde here on The Score. And one of the themes, Potsy, of Sean Desai, the Bears defensive coordinator's press conference, was tackling. And specifically, Eddie Jackson. There are others too. What, what do you make of that? And is that? And I think the 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 pressing questions were: Is it fixable? Do you think it's fixable? 
Well, it's kind of fixable week to week. In other words, when you have a bad week, all of a sudden you're on point and you're focused on it, and then you're good. So I expect the tackling to be better because it was not good last week. But Eddie Jackson by this time should be a much better tackler than he is, and he's not bad. I mean, he's not he's not as bad as he looks. Just when he when he is bad, you just you just can't help but notice it. So I don't think it's as Big a problem is maybe it's uh, it's made out to be after a game like last week, uh, but that said, it's not one of those things where like um, where where the Bears are uh, all of a sudden become a great tackling team. It's it's like a like I said, it's like a week by week thing where they're good enough that if hey they really focus on it, then they'll be good on it, good at it. But then maybe down the road they might lose their focus a little bit and maybe not being good. So so I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it'll be a problem. Uh, I don't think it will be a problem Sunday, but I don't think it's like problem solved either, uh, you know, big picture. Um, yeah, and guys, by the way, a little bit of uh, Bears breaking news here. Let me breaking just uh, hey, yeah, hey, got hey. to get uh, the, the text message up here. Um, here we go. Um, all right, in order here, Bears rosters moves. Offensive lineman Dieter Iceland and defensive tackle Margus Hunt have been flexed for the practice squad of the active roster COVID-19 replacements. All right, running back Damian Williams has been activated from reserve COVID-19. Defensive tackle Akeem Hicks did not travel with the team and has been downgraded to out. And I'm a little surprised with Damian Williams activated from COVID-19. Are you surprised by that, Mark? No, because he had a week uh, to to uh, you know, go through that process, so it did really surprise me. I just don't know how much of an effect it's going to have because I think Herbert's better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I, I think when I think when uh, David Montgomery comes back, I think it's going to be a Montgomery Herbert tandem uh, more than Williams, frankly, because I just think he's really good and I think he's got a lot of potential. And I think they see it that way. So I mean, obviously, the de- depth wise, it's good. Um, especially against this defense, but um, so that helps. But no, not not surprised that that he's available and 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 Hicks neither. The way he came off that the it looked yeah. like he aggravated the the groin with uh, on that sack. And I was not expecting him to play either. So um, yeah, so injuries are definitely a factor. I mean, even with Gibson out and Bush on IR, you know, you're looking at Marquis Christian and DeAndre Houston Carson, who are capable players, but uh, but also uh, vulnerable players too. So. Um, that doesn't bode well either. They're, the Bears' depth is not is, is kind of withering here at a fairly relatively early. This is, I mean, in a 17-game season, this is kind of early to be having these kind of issues. So, um, so you know, that's not that's not a good sign at this point. No, Patsy, and and I know we got to let you go here in a second, but I wanted to quickly ask you about our rookie offensive tackles. I don't know if you had any update or any inkling as to when we may expect a Larry Borum. Or a Tevin Jenkins back, I, I'm guessing Jenkins is probably much later uh, and probably not a timetable, but any insight uh, on the two rookie tackles? No, we asked uh, Juan Castillo about both, and they don't give the, 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 the Bears in general just don't give any physical updates on how these guys are doing or what they're doing. Uh, so you really have no idea, but definitely. But I will say this: I do think I do feel like uh, they expect Kevin Jenkins to come back. They're still they're still hopeful of that. You know, it's not a like a Tariq Cohn situation where he's just labored and labored and labored and just it just does not look good. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, we actually saw him out of practice this week and stuff like that. Not practicing, but he was at least out there. And uh, and Juan Castillo had mentioned about you know how great he's doing in the meetings. He's very you know he's very engaged mm-hmm. and he's into it. But it sounds like he is at least going to try and play. I don't know how soon it. Would, it's not going to be very soon. It won't be till later in the year. But I think they would really still at this point like to, him to get his feet wet 
at least you know a few games into you know in anticipation of uh, getting a head start on next season. So and 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 Borum, I'm not sure exactly what his situation is, but I know they also you know want him. You know they they'd love to get him some experience, to get him to play because where they're at now, it's not like those guys are sitting behind guys who are even as as. Uh, as well as Jason Peters is playing, it's not like they're sitting behind guys who are established, you know, going to be there for long term. I mean, they would like to reestablish their tackles on both sides with these young guys as soon as possible. Marky Mark, enjoy the sunshine of the Sunshine State and Tampa Bay specifically. Do you remember your score off the top of your head before we let, we spring I think you? I had, yeah, I had uh, uh, Buccaneers thirty, Bears seventeen. All right, that's not bad. So, I mean, everybody's in that ballpark. And, yeah. In general, we're as a as a group people who predict the Bears. I think pretty pretty often pretty close. Uh-huh. We pretty much know this yep. team, so um, so would not be surprised if it's something like that. It just it seems to be trending that way. The way all the injury stuff is going uh, too. So um, sorry to be a downer, but I mean oh, there's always man. a chance of an upset. But boy, um, this looks like one of those games where. Um, they just you just hope they just don't have one of those embarrassments where they just take a step back, you know, and it's more like the Green Bay game where even though they lost, you still feel like they took maybe a half a step, whatever. At least it was forward instead of backwards. And we've seen before, you know, the last time they faced Rodgers and uh, uh, um, uh, Rogers and Brady back to back. It was a disaster. So, so the bar is set low mm-hmm. uh, for the Bears to at least uh, make some, make yep. some, hey, uh, pick up some ground, I guess, and and make some progress this weekend. So, I, I think that's the best you can hope for at this point. Talk to you later, Marco. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yep, absolutely, Mark thanks, Potash Mark. from the Chicago Sun Times. Love talking to that guy. And again, if you ha- haven't heard the breaking news from the Bears here in just the last couple of minutes, uh, Damian Williams. Activated from reserve COVID nineteen, he can play. Um, Akeem Hicks will not play. As a matter of fact, he is not even on the the plane that holds the Bears players heading to Tampa Bay right now. That is the text that we are receiving right now. And if if you like some of the other stuff, I mean, there are Dieter Iceland fans out there. Um, Dieter Iceland <laughs> and defensive. You hear from all of them. I'm uh, sure. I do. No, I actually do hear from a couple of people. Uh, Margus Hunt. Uh, those two guys have been uh, flexed. I like that word. Flexed from the practice squad to the active uh-huh. roster as they're down as COVID-19 replacements. And I but this I don't know if you've been checking the text messages in your peripheral there, Espo, mm-hmm. but I, I do like the 219. If you think Fields is going to be the Bears starter in the next year or two, you're delusional. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, yeah, uh, you mean the, the guy they traded up for in the first round to draft this year after four years of Mitchell Trubisky? I'm pretty sure... Fields is going to be that guy, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, this. So that's the tough thing about if you talk about this game in particular, right, Mark? It's probably the best to ever play against your rookie quarterback. And I'm not disparaging Justin Fields in any way here, but you are playing the best ever and the reigning Super Bowl champions with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And the Bears, who are three and three, yeah. I mean that's it's a it's a tough it's a tough uh, road there for the Bears. No doubt about it. Coming up at one twenty, we will go to Tampa Bay, and we will talk to Pat Donovan of WDAE Radio in Tampa Bay. We'll get all sorts of insight on that team, where they are, and if they are beatable by the Chicago Bears. We'll find out that at 120. More Bears talk straight ahead, along with Mike Esposito. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Just his overall command uh, of the offense. I mean, you see it on tape. He's so calm. He's seen everything, you know, from a coverage standpoint, a front structure standpoint, a pressure standpoint. 
you know, he hasn't played this long and not seen everything. And so he's got all the answers built in. And uh, probably I would say the one thing that is uh, pretty amazing of how fast he processes things from when he gets to the line of scrimmage to getting a snap. Uh, there, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, and and it, the game seems so slow for him, which he's earned that right. I mean, he, you don't become great when the game doesn't slow down, and, and that, that's what he's uh, really good at. That is Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai from this past Thursday, a couple of days ago, talking about Tom Brady. And, Mike, when he does that thing, Tom Brady, where he just stands in the pocket motionless as mm-hmm. if – Nobody is there to bother him. No twitching. No, you don't see his eyes going back and forth. And like, you don't, it, they are, but you don't see it. You see no nerves, no movement. Like if he did the hand test where you hold out your hand to see if, if your, your fingers are shaking, there'd be none of that. I think that's his greatest trick. And I, I think Desai encapsulated some of that in, in, relative to his calm. It's so, I've never seen a quarterback with that sort of, trust standing in the pocket and yeah he gets rid of the ball quickly but it, it the the the, tri- the magic trick that he has is the one where he does stand there in the pocket for a long time with all this chaos happening around him and he's the only one that's motionless right no and i think that's where you uh see the you know the greatness the qualities that have made tom brady have so much success in the nfl He's, he's almost like a computer back there. And we know the, you know the endless stories we've heard about how prepared he is, how devoted he is to film study and diet and every little teeny weeny thing that can impact his play on the field. He is all in on making himself better. And that's where, and you heard Sean Desai say that too, this guy has seen everything. What are you possibly going to come up with that Tom Brady has not seen? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you're not unless you unless you invent something, right? That you're not going to to fool Tom Brady. But that's really where his study and his practice plays in, right? I mean, he knows uh, just by studying and just by experience, you know, how to uh, be safe back there in the pocket, how to take a half step that affects everyone else in the pass rush, how to get rid of the ball in 2.4 seconds or whatever it is that, that he's doing that helps alleviate some of the pass rush, how to not panic when uh, you're in a situation uh, where you're trailing or where you're in a uh, third and long or something like that. I mean, this is a guy who's, who's played uh, as we famously learned this week, he's double Justin Fields age. He's played for as long as Justin Fields has been alive, which is amazing. It's incredible. And he's 44 years old, which is always worth noting because it is astounding. I always wondered too with other quarterbacks, like aging quarterbacks, say Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is what, 37, something like that? Is it something like that? Do, yep. does, does, does Tom Brady set an unrealistic precedent now for quarterbacks when it comes not, not to accomplishments, but because he's done that, I think. But to playing longer, are quarterbacks like, oh, this is cool. Look, look at what this guy is doing. He's still great at 44. Or are they like, ah, this sucks. Now I got to play until I'm 44 if I want to be worth my soul as a quarterback. I I don't think, I think Tom Brady is an alien, right? And I say that respectfully with, with regards to how much he loves football and how, how willing he is to put in 
all of the work and devote all of his time to football. Because what happens, right? I mean, this is a guy clearly not motivated by money. He's not motivated by by being married to a supermodel. He's not married by Lord knows anything else, apparently, besides football. Because here he is. I mean, he could have retired, you know, 10 years ago. He could have. He could have. He'd certainly made enough money. This is a guy who loves, he's so football-y that, you know, it, it's it's a turnoff for a lot of people sometimes because of how football-y he is. But this is a guy, he's motivated by one thing and one thing only, being better at football, even at 44. But it, in answer to your question, I mean, think about this. Aaron Rodgers, to me, and, you know, people make jokes about, you know, he looks like the, you know, the delivery driver, you know, with his long hair and his, you know, his, uh, and <laughs> you see him at press conferences, whatever. Um Aaron Rodgers has had a Hall of Fame career. He's seven years younger than Brady. And, you know, there's no chance, right? I mean, nobody's sitting here saying, oh, yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers is going to play for another 10 years. He might. But he thinks he he is now. But he thinks he is. Like, and I think there's a lot of quarterbacks will be like, some will be like, oh, cool. We can do this thing now where we play in our four is still valuable. We can still get contracts. And then other guys are going to be like, yeah, like, I can't do this. Like, I I know it's not cool to retire when you're 37, but I got to. Right. I mean, you had and just look and I love I don't know that there's uh, a guy that I loved more watching as a non Chicago Bear player than Drew Brees. He was just a guy I rooted for. My uh, my son loves him uh, in terms of, you know, being a fan of him and just watching Drew Brees with precision. You know, the the, the little guy who who made good right in terms of everyone not wanting him because he was too short. And, you know, that's how he ended up at Purdue. And then he ends up in the second round of the Chargers and all that other stuff. Right. But Drew Brees, right? What happened? His arm strength went down. Ben Roethlisberger, what's happening to him right now? He's a shell of himself, right? Not everyone can do what Brady is doing. And that's what I mean. Like, you know the the devotion the man has to his, his own physical fitness. Without that, I mean, all of the other wonderful things we're saying about him, he wouldn't be able to do it. And a lot of guys, I know you just, you know, especially after you've had a lot of success, and your body starts to give out, you're just not willing to put in the work anymore, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a big right, part right. of it, right? I mean, you've achieved everything you can achieve in the game, and, and Brady had done that. Let's say by 40, Brady says, you know what, I'm going to retire. He'd be a surefire Hall of Famer for sure. But here he is at 44 going on whenever he's going to finally pull the plug on this. He is still as motivated as he's ever been uh, and came to a new team last year after you know things didn't work out with uh, New England. And... Wins the Super Bowl. Why? I mean, it's he could be sitting on the couch with you and I watching the game for all, for all that matters in terms of uh, where he's at in his career. But he chooses not to. He wants to play football. Good question from the 619. Is Robert Quinn cleared to play off the COVID-19 list? I have not received any information on Robert Quinn. Akeem Hicks did not travel with the team. He is not playing for the Bears. Damian Williams will play for the Bears, can play for the Bears, I should say. He's been mm-hmm. activated from reserve COVID-19. Dieter Iceland is here. Marcus Hunt is here as well off the practice spot. Mm-hmm. So those two guys, if they're active, they can play. I mean, that probably tells you, since they have uh, activated defensive tackle Marcus Hunt, that it is possible that Quinn – Will not play, but I have not received official word yet on Quinn and Mikey Mike. We both know that that uh, Quinn may be the Bears' best defensive player this year. He, that would be a huge loss for the Bears. That would be a huge loss, and and 
I, I thought of several things as you were saying that. Number one, if you had told us preseason that Robert Quinn through six games would be the Bears' best defensive player, we would be giving each other high fives, right? Because of all of the uh, disappointment that uh, last year was with mm-hmm. Robert Quinn. But right, but point two to that is, well, if we have no Robert Quinn going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady in this offense, that is not a good thing. And I, I would hope I would hope he can, as you said, reading the tea leaves, it does not look good for a Robert Quinn appearance tomorrow. I got all sorts of cool baseball stuff coming up in the 1 o'clock segment. At one twenty, we will go to Tampa Bay and talk to a Buccaneers reporter, Pat Donovan, actually a radio guy from WDAE. Radio. That's right. So he'll tell us all about the Buccaneers and how the Bears can actually beat Tampa Bay. But coming up next, two of the greatest hits in White Sox history are 16 years old today, and there is an ex-Cubs great manager who is doing something great as well. So we'll get into all that. We'll do a baseball segment next. It's Mike Esposito and Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.